0: Hey, welcome to the Hole In My Heart podcast. It is episode 39, Envy, Pride, and Leadership.
1: Yes, my name is Lori Krieg. I'm here with my husband, Matt Krieg, and that voice you just heard. Sorry, I didn't pause for you to say your hello. You wanna try that again?
2: (laughs) Hello. Nice, very
1: lovely, honey. And producer Steve. Hi. You're not going to do the deep throaty?
0: Well, you know, I, I got to change it up every time.
1: Okay. And yeah. we also have author and speaker pastor, Adam Barr. Welcome.
3: Hello, hello. It's good to be here. Yeah. I'm very pumped. I've, I've been excited. To, I've heard you guys' podcast and it's cool to be sitting here with you.
1: Yeah, we yeah. are excited to have you. And, and we we're doing a little pre-show uh, warning about our goofball island that mm. is a secret to everyone except Matt Krieg. And so I'm excited about that. But before we go to the goofy place where we take a vacation from our problems, we are going to talk about the question of the week from last week, which was a little piece of that envy. So when do you guys feel the most envious? And the reason that I'm I'm leaning into this is I've heard it kind of like tricklings of it. As I like go to small groups, I talk with people and they're like, I'm really dealing with envy. And I'm like, not me. Good thing I got that one marked. (laughs) And I was like, oh, and then like, what's this really gross feeling coming up as I'm scrolling through Instagram? And I see they got a thousand billion likes, and I have one. So <laughs> I'm revealing my own self. I think I feel the worst about myself, like going on social media and I'm in, like if I'm already feeling empty and then I go on social media, then I'm like, ugh, I feel worse about myself. Uh, but if I'm feeling like, you know what? I know Jesus loves me. Then I'm like actually happy and like feeling good while I go on there. But that for me is a place where I feel really, really envious and gross. Who else wants to talk about that gross place in her heart? Go for it.
3: This isn't fair. This is a really hard one. Really? I would have I would have taken last week's question of the week. <laughs> yeah. this one, but, uh,
1: Hospitality? Where am I yeah, doing great? Yeah.
3: yeah. No, I, you know, it's funny. I, I, I've been thinking about this because I, uh, I had a chance to, to see that that was going to be coming up. And I, I gotta be honest. I, I, it, I was not that I'm saying I'm this incredibly virtuous person, but I was trying to think, where do I get, where do I get jealous? And I think a lot of times as a leader, you look at other leaders mm. who seem to have it together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, They're that next step up. And, you know, from the time I was young, you know, you you see a guy get up or someone get up and and preach a sermon and, you know, you just they just look so it looks so natural. It looks so effortless. Uh They get asked a question and they sound so eloquent. And you're like, how in the world do you do that? And how am Um, I ever going to get there?
1: I totally agree. I want to jump in though real quick because I realized I didn't uh, introduce our listeners to how we know each other. Sure, and so yeah. as they're like hearing your heart and they're like, yeah, I want them to really know you and trust you through this. Uh, so I got to know you. I know you wrote a book called Compassion Without Compromise. And so I had read that book like a while ago and I knew that you lived in the area in the Michigan Grand Rapids area. Uh, and so I was interested to talk with you. And then I just... I'm going to be honest, I'm attracted to courage. I love it when people are willing to say this is a tough thing and to get on a stage no matter what level, quote unquote, they are. And so I really appreciated that. Again, I want to lean into agreement. I want to lean into where we can... I don't know, like, how how can we lean into this leadership thing, this cultivating the church thing, and just, like, look at it together where we can link arms. And so I really appreciate that about you. Well, thank you. Yeah, and thanks for your vulnerability just now. Now, Steve and Matt, who wants to go first with their heart share?
2: Um, Yeah, sometimes I I, I feel like the place that I get envious is actually when you get to go on trips sometimes. And it's like, you're telling me about the awesome hotel and, like, the, the cool, like you know, place that you went for dinner and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, I had, you know, ramen noodles by myself. <laughs>
1: With the girls and toddlers <laughs> ripping your hair.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Oh, so that, I didn't know that was coming. So I'm covering my face in shame.
2: Well, you don't have to be ashamed. It's my, it's, it's my sin. Yeah, my sin of that's envy, true. I just you know. feel bad. It's it's your life and every once in a while I get to enjoy things too.
1: Maybe I didn't, I don't need to like FaceTime you while I'm there and be like, ha ha, look where I am.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that wouldn't be helpful.
1: (laughs) I don't really do that. Just BT dubs.
2: (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay, so... uh... I think where I feel it is when I see people who seem to kind of have their crap together, mm. if that makes sense. Yes. I mean, whether it is like they're making smart, good financial decisions mm-hmm. or they just feel they seem like they're real grown-ups. Like at some point <laughs> they got it, you know, yeah. like the lessons and, um, you know, like I just look at people, oh yeah, we've saved this much and now we right. can whatever, whatever. And we're like, oh yeah, we still, you know, have a bunch of issues that we got to address, but uh, you know like
1: <laughs> I know and then you because you simultaneously a little bit hate yourself but also feel better than them well, it's like either there one there is a
0: little bit of that like uh-huh. I fight both ends of that yeah yeah goal. you're
1: like well at least we do this I yeah, don't
0: know. It's, yeah. It, so, yeah. like, maintaining humility, but yeah. also fighting the feelings of like, oh, I wish I could just like make a decision, and you know. Yeah. So, it, yeah. Go
1: fly to Antarctica. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: It's stuff that I have. Do they have airports
0: in Antarctica?
2: <laughs> I, I think they do. For they the, must for I the mean, research stations yeah, the that research are down there. Okay. Take Sorry. a glacier. I know that was a side. <laughs> no,
1: wait. Glaciers don't move, do they? Wait. What's the one that moves? They, they do. Glaciers very move. Slowly.
2: Yes. What's iceberg. the one? That, iceberg. <laughs> iceberg. Right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what's that? That's Titanic? Titanic? Oh. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Oh my. Anyway.
1: We digress. Yeah. I think we're all just feeling very uncomfortable and need a little laugh. So <laughs> let's move to Goofball Island. Okay, Matthew, I'm like yeah. a little bit anxious. I'm not going to lie. I'm handing over the reins the of the rains. vehicle. Well, it's
2: a good thing you handed over the reins really? because today, to get to Goofball Island, and it's good that you mentioned icebergs, what? we are going to be riding a Tauntaun.
1: Oh, my word. Are you going to straight up Star Wars this whole thing?
2: <laughs> no, that's the only Star Wars reference. Oh. Don't worry about it. So
1: what is a tauntaun for the those tauntaun of us who what don't know what things Luke and,
2: Luke and Han were writing on the ice yes. planet Hoth, Hoth. during the, the fifth, you know, episode five. When the okay, wampa of got Luke. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. And Wamp- it's, it's, it's the thing that they got cut open and then they spent the night inside the right. intestines of the tauntaun. Anyway. <laughs>
3: smell
1: bad on the outside. Did Dr. Seuss help with Star Wars? Let's just be honest. The tauntaun (laughs) and the wampum. What are you saying?
2: (laughs) Uh, It is a wampa.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. Don't give me that haughty look of derision and incorrect. (laughs) From wampa to wampa. Dr. Seuss? Yeah. Legit, Matt.
2: Okay.
1: Anyway. Go ahead with your game. Although
2: I think Jim Henson did. Um, Anyway.
1: Yoda. Yep. Yeah. (sighs) I'm surrounded by nerds. Go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. So the game we're playing is, is called real or fake. Mm-hmm. I am going to name a person and you are going to tell me whether or not they're a real person or a fake person. Okay. Like a person like that a never truly person. existed. Okay.
3: Yeah. Okay. So just to, to, to be clear, cause I'm slow. You, you mean, are they real as in actually living? Actually yes. like a or legitimate, fictional? Like a
2: fictional person or, or a construct.
1: Yoda is yeah. fictional.
2: So lo- Yoda Fiction. is not real.
1: Now Matt and Steve are going <laughs> to no. cry. No, oh, now there's
2: conflict with that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, Yoda would be a fictional character. Okay. Um, maybe This will be maybe made clear as we're playing. Okay. So I'm just right. going to give good. you the, the first name. Get,
3: edit this out because I just don't want to sound quite
2: this stupid. <laughs> no, I had no, the same question. Kidding, kidding. If, no. if you have the question, <laughs> the listeners may have oh, the question yeah. we as well. Oh yeah, we need it. Am I breaking the fourth wall here? Anyway, <laughs> so the first person... Betty Crocker.
1: Oh, this is a good question.
3: Mm. Uh,
2: Betty Crocker real?
3: Real. Or fake?
0: I feel like she's real. Her picture's on stuff.
3: Yeah. I'm going to go fake.
2: And she's fake. What? Betty Crocker was not a real person. What? She was invented wow. by the Washburn Crosby Company of Minneapolis. Was, and, and She they just cre- sounds corporate. They created the yeah. name first. Yeah to To answer questions about baking, and then she officially got a face in 1936, and has since had like seven different faces where she's gotten younger, and and I think the most recent iteration actually had a little more dark, darkened skin oh, tone to, to, to be a little more ethnically hmm. um, ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, not did not actually exist. Well, my whole life. So, so. I assume so, she invented the crock that. pot. So <laughs> there you Rocker. go. Yeah. Right. A one, yeah, yeah. Not, not Where's all, the dad joke button? Now, not all of these will have the, the baked goods theme, but we, <laughs> we will stick with that one for the next one. Sarah Lee.
1: Now I just feel like I need to say real because you did mm. fake the last. I'm just trying to get inside your yeah, head. You're
2: trying to out psychologist the counselor. Psycho. I'm not a psychologist, but.
1: I'm going to say real because there's a lot of Lees in the world.
3: And that's true. I want to hear what Adam says. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I mean, there's the part of me that wants to say fake because you know, once they get their Betty Crocker, you've got to have your Sarah Lee. You know, the whole alliteration. I mean, not alliteration, but the whole kind of rhythm of it. But I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say real. Okay, I'm going
0: real.
2: Okay, we've got consensus, and it's true. She is a real person.
3: Yeah. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Charles Lubin I hope I'm saying his name right who started the company Kitchens of Sarah Lee named it after his daughter Sarah oh, Lee
3: okay I like Wendy right yep. yeah
2: and so yep she was born in 1941 okay so we're leaving the baked goods
3: okay
1: how many more of these we got
2: we've got we, we've got four but we can do it really quickly if we need to okay um, four more yeah so the, the next one how
1: about two more two more oh okay. I gotta
2: pick the best ones then. Yeah. okay um, okay I got them Eagle Eye Cherry,
1: <laughs> what? what? That's a thing. Eagle Eye Cherry. <laughs> That's a
2: band, isn't it? You, or you is might it know a, like him a, from like Eye Joe. You, Eye no, Joe? Eagle Eye Cherry sang, you know, "Save Tonight," the save the nineteen ninety song. Yeah, that one.
1: Smile, I'll be stay. That one. Uh, save tonight or stay tonight.
2: Save, save tonight. Oh yeah,
1: I have been miss singing that for a long time. I think you've rolled your eyes at <laughs> me <laughs> several times.
2: I can't think of a time when we've listened to that song in the same room. Anyway,
1: so is. <laughs>
0: Eagle Eye Cherry. So, so, I'm saying that's a real person.
1: Um Cotton Eye Joe. That's not an answer. Uh, <laughs> uh Real.
3: Uh real. I I am I'm totally off yeah, on this it's, entire cultural reference. So. It, Eagle
2: Eye Cherry is a real name of a person. It's not the band name. It is the real name of the lead Wait, singer.
1: Can you say it again? Eagle, <laughs> parents
2: were hippies. Eagle Eye Cherry. was born in Stockholm, Sweden, the son of jazz artist Don Cherry and Swedish painter slash textile artist artist, Monica Cherry. So Eagle Eye Cherry is his actual birth name, not the (laughs) name of the band.
0: Unlike Leonard Skinner or Pink Floyd, which is like, or Monty Python, which is not even (laughs) like a real, it's just a name. I always
2: assumed it was the name of the band that just named the song, but it's the the guy's actual name. All right. Okay lastly
1: all right i'm sorry honey i i know kay. you want to do them all but no we'll,
2: we'll <laughs> okay. skip to the end we'll okay. skip to the end um carolyn Keene, the Wait. author of books such as the hardy boys <gasps> and nancy drew no
1: uh wasn't it a dude i think it was a dude and then took the pen name i read the nancy drews and the hardy boys and the Bobsy twins Oh shoot! I can't remember though if it was like I think it's a makeup name, made up name. I think it's a real human actually wrote it, like not a robot wrote it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but a monkey with a typewriter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> who would AI. be also real monkey? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's the wrong name. Say that.
0: Carol Keane. Carol Kane, Carolyn Keane. Carol Kane. Isn't that a singer, like a folk yeah. singer? Yeah, oh. I think so. I have no idea. I'm going with Lori on this
2: one.
3: Yeah, just fake. Go. Just fake. Trust the force. Okay, I'm I'm just a follower, so I'm gonna say fake. All too. right,
2: and she is fake. She is zero years old. She never existed. And <laughs> <What>? Nancy Drew, <laughs> along with the Hardy Boys and other series, were all written by many different authors, oh, and they were just what? so they were written by numerous ghost writers, which is why there are Ghosts? so many of them, like <gasps> hundreds they were so of them. Scary. Yeah. Yes. Ghosts was, was there a legion them. of them? There was mm. a legion. Oh, sorry. Now we're... That, sorry. That's, Wait, what's that? Whoa, that's <laughs> demons. Oh. Like no, what the, is your name? I am legion. Oh. Yeah.
1: Now it's just... That's too far. Whoa. I am too legion, far.
0: but you can call me Carol Kane.
2: <laughs> so it was written <laughs> by a bunch of <laughs> pigs that ended up drowning in a lake. Mm.
1: Oh, my word.
2: We wow. have gone. All right. We have right left off. Goofball Island. Let's yeah. ride that tauntaun right <laughs> back to the heart of the matter here.
1: <laughs> oh, say hi to Take Dr. away, and let's go. Okay. I'm trying to remember where I am. who I am. We're doing a podcast and we are here with Adam Barr and we are going to be talking about leadership and pride and envy. I read a couple of your uh, blog posts recently and it was about um, this whole pride and leadership and I really appreciated them. And then I was like, man, how how does envy get in there? But again, a little bit before we get there, because this podcast is about how the gospel is good news for everybody every day, I love asking people both kind of the past tense, when was it first good news and then how is it still good news? Yeah. So how is it for you?
3: Well, for me, um, I, I I grew up in a in a pastor's family, and I know a lot of pa- a lot of PKs. They kind of rebel and have to go their own way. Yeah. For me, I was just. I was kind of, I believed in Jesus. I love Jesus. I remember when I was five years old, I was laying in bed going to sleep and I said, well, Lord, you know, I love you. I just want to make this official. So, Aww. um, All by I, yourself? yeah, by myself. I just knew I had to say that, but I also, I mean, I, there was never a time I didn't know about Jesus and love him and, and Aww. want to, want to know him more. So that was sort of always part of my life. And, and the, the, the longer you live, the more you need, how you, you realize how much you need his grace and his forgiveness. And so, it's for me the gospel is an everyday thing. It's yeah. it's the recognition uh, when you're in the midst of conflict that um, that I'm not the hero of this story. Uh, yeah. Jesus is the hero of this story. Mm-hmm. That um, probably no matter what's going on at some level, I probably need to repent, and that what's going to justify me is not my perfection but Jesus' perfection and mm-hmm. His grace. And so that that's just kind of like literally every day. That's that's me driving over here behind <laughs> people in traffic who are just driving me nuts. Yeah, that's yes. me and then, and then saying, "Oh lord, forgive me." You know, I mean, that's yeah. really I know it sounds silly, but that no, th- yeah. to me the gospel's moment by moment grace. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Death to self, life yep, in Christ. Exactly. Death to death. Yeah. Okay. So we are talking about leadership and I know you started recently or at the end of last year, a leader's blog. Um, Before we like dig more into that, what's what's it mean? Kind of recenter us. What's it mean to be a leader? And and this I'm wondering about because we all have platforms now, like, and so what's it mean to be a leader? And if you have a platform, does that mean you're a leader?
3: Yeah. Well, I I do think everybody at some level is a leader. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, leadership when you boil it down to one word, it's, it's influence. Hmm. Um, everybody in one way exerts influence um, in o- over other people and even o- over themselves. And mm. so the question isn't whether or not you at some level operate in some kind of leadership. The question is, what kind of leader are you? Hmm. And then of course there's, there's positional leadership where you're actually put in a place to lead. And so anytime you're exerting influence, I think at some level you're, 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 you're leading, you're, you're influencing mm-hmm. people's lives. You're, your direction of life and your insight or your action is in one way or another impacting the direction and life of another person so to me it's not a question of whether you're a leader or not it's whether you're doing it well Mm. and and seeking to glorify the lord or you're kind of serving yourself
1: is another Mm -hmm. word we could exchange for a leader like disciple maker i guess two words slash like because you that's an influencer and that's something that we're called to do and then but a word maybe you wouldn't be able to exchange it for would be teacher because like not everyone is a teacher. Right. So is there a difference between teacher and leader?
3: Probably. Yeah. But uh, I would say leader is one of those fundamental things when you're exerting influence in some way you're leading. Yeah. So a mom is a leader in Mm -hmm. her home with her kids. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Obviously there are different kinds of leadership and there's different positions of leadership but at some level in in everyone in their vocation in one way or another is, is impacting other people. So, mm-hmm. I'm aiming for people who generally are leading organizations. Okay. So, you know, that's that's what I shoot for. That's kind of my I think you write you should write what you know about. At least yeah. I'm not saying I'm an expert on it, but I know a little bit about organizational leadership just from being a pastor and yeah. doing that sort of stuff for the last 20 years.
1: And what do you see? Like, why? Why 2017 when you started it, and why 2018? Like, why do you have this driving desire to cultivate, I guess, good leadership of organizations or wherever you are?
3: So, I think when when I talk with people about kind of my background, one of the things I always say is to understand who I am, you have to know the the, the men who formed me. Um, mm. My dad was is was a pastor and still does ministry uh, in his retirement. Um, I was formed by a guy in, at Hope Chapel when I was in Hope College, named Ben Patterson.
1: Oh yeah, who, oh we know him. Uh-huh. Yeah,
3: had a massive influence on my my firstborn son's named after him. I, oh. I was mentored in seminary by a guy named Kevin Harney, who's an author and a and a pastor and. Um, I uh, served with him for for years there, and I'm actually going out there this summer to preach at his church. And so,
1: where's out there?
3: Um, in Monterey, sorry. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Out there, I yeah. just kind of pointed, right? <laughs> yeah. Out there, and so, out in Monterey, California. He's a he's a pastor of a church called Shoreline Community Church, okay. and he, he leads a ministry called Organic Outreach. And um, and so I I, ha- I had men pour into my life in major ways uh, that molded and shaped me, and so it was natural for me as soon as I went into ministry to start you know bringing on interns or having different people work with me and so over the years i'm certainly not uh an expert mentor but i've had a lot of younger people that i've i've tried to work with mm-hmm. and and help out and over the years i've seen what a blessing that is and so you do that for enough years and you you learn a few things that writing allows you to pass on in a way that's different than just kind of hands hands on yeah so
1: so all of us in this room are, are leaders in our own ways. And, and so how does this whole pride piece factor into our leading, into our disciple-making? How, how does it weasel its way in there?
3: Well, um, yeah, pride is, is, I think, probably one of the most—well, it, it is the most dangerous uh, of this, the sins that we have. Lewis, C.S. Lewis talked about pride in Mere Christianity, and he said that pride is one of the most dangerous of of all the vices. In fact, it is the most dangerous, because um, a lot of the other sins, vices, they're just obvious. You know, it's obviously wrong, it's a deed, it's an action, but pride has the ability to kind of like a parasite to, to glom on to the most virtuous things that we can do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
1: Like how so? Like what's well, like, an example of that?
3: You can be in the midst of feeling compassionate towards someone yeah or helping someone and suddenly think man I am so good know, at right? showing love and compassion <laughs> yeah oh and that's it's 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 so damaging it yeah. it it enters into the moments it can infect the moments that should be good and pure and suddenly you find yourself doing it I mean I've preached now for a lot of years and I mean I, I will be the first to tell you there are times when you're up there preaching and you look around and you see, you might see somebody in the audience or in the congregation mm-hmm. and you think you know you, you really want to make the point well because you know that person's there. And <gasps> oh. I mean it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, and you can be in the midst of conveying God's grace and truth to people.
2: Yeah. And yeah. and pride can enter in. Yeah, that mm. Laurie that reminds me of, of your dad. Oh, I when, you when, saying, that reminds me of you. No, of, of your dad. One of the sayings that he says is there's nothing so dangerous as a standing ovation. Yeah. You know, and, and because it just all of a sudden every word you've said becomes about you. Yeah. And, and I know that as a counselor, like I have to watch myself because you talk about, you know, trying to be empathetic and compassionate and helping people. And all of a sudden, if I'm like in session, I'm like oh, I know how to fix this one. Like, <laughs> you know, then it's like, Peace oh, I am so good at listening. <laughs> I am,
1: I Caring am selflessly yeah. <laughs> about people in pain. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 And then, you know, pride taints everything. And then mm-hmm. I find that usually I'm not quite as effective because I'm not actually able to connect with someone else's pain because I'm thinking
3: about myself. Right. And, and I think that the, the thing that's dangerous about pride is once pride has you in its grip, it's yeah. invisible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. really is. You don't know it's there. Um, it's so insidious that way. Most people who are deeply grip in the grip of pride, they don't they fail to see it because mm-hmm. pride itself blinds them to its presence, mm-hmm. and then pride pl- pride makes it harder for you to receive other people's correction if it's mm-hmm. an issue for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, 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 okay. So there might be people who are listening and they're like, "I ain't prideful." I mean, and maybe they feel like I actually wrestle with hating myself. Uh, which again, that was kind of what we were talking about, Steve, earlier. Like Mm -hmm. it's kind of, it's just like you pendulum. And it's this feeling of I am awesome or I am the worst. And um, I'm even thinking of like, I've gotten some standing ovations and I have learned because my dad wisely told me that he's like, watch out Lori. When, if, when you are admired and people like you, he's like, there's, it's just a poison. Like you're blind to it and you just want to drink it in and like, let me take it. And so I have learned whether people hate me, which I can get to that, or they are like, oh, you're so amazing. I have to use the same muscle to breathe it out. Like I seriously Breathe it out. I'm like, like I like look down and I look at Jesus in my mind's eye, and I I sometimes think of this. But I heard this Corey Ten Boom quote years ago, and about how like when people come up would come up to her and be like, Corey, you're so amazing. Like, how do you forgive your, you know, these Nazis? Oh my word, your sister died, and she said, you, you know, because you can do this too. This sense of like, oh, I hate myself, or you can be like, no, 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 it's God. You know, that sort of pious quote unquote sort of feeling, which you can mean it and say that, but. Instead of saying no, 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 or yes, 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 she said she would just say thank you. And she said she would picture putting like the rose, the invisible rose they handed her and putting it on the feet of Jesus in her mind's eye. And so just like, I will thank you and back to Jesus. it's Everything's back to you. That's so good. But why why is that both there? Like I either, I hate myself and maybe that's the secret is the I or I am amazing. Like why are they, the, the middle is very hard to find.
3: Well, I think you you put your finger right on it. It's the "I am" statement right there. Yeah. I mean, there's only one who can truly say "I am." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's the Lord. Uh, and mm. so, the moment that we enter into that "I am," we've we've put ourselves in the place of of ultimate supremacy, of ultimate importance. We become the focal point. And can God use us? Yes, He does use us. Is it okay to acknowledge if we do something well? And if someone says, "I, I think one of the best things you can learn how to say when someone says that was incredible is just say." Man, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. Um, that's that's what the Lord wants us to do mm-hmm. is allow our, us to be kind of a pass through to Him.
1: Mm-hmm. Is it mm-hmm. is the glory to God phrase? though, no, so I'm like serious. Like, yeah, do we I know have I sound to say pastoral, it sounds very pastoral, don't I? No, no, no. I'm just wondering. Like, it's pr- it's more like you could say it and like still be drinking in pride, or oh, you yeah. could say it and be really like picturing giving God the rose. Yeah. Or you could. Probably not. Not say it. Like I don't know. Is that okay? I'm fully asking the question because I say that a lot. You look at my blog comments when people say nice things. I'm like, praise God, and I mean it. Hopefully, most of the time. Please God and help me. But like, do we have to? Do we have to say that? <laughs> Is that like a thing? So,
2: do we have to give them lip service?
1: Oh snap, Matt. I'm just. Well, I don't I, know. I'm like. I mean, that's like a direct quote. These, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far yeah. from me. You know. <laughs> that's a Matthew six or Luke six. So I. Well, I don't know. Like, and, do we?
2: And I guess the The question would be because I mean there's there's obviously merit in saying it because it it can help to direct the other person's attention, you know from from you to God. But I, I you know, as you talked about Corey Ten Boom, like she didn't necessarily like she said thank you, mm-hmm. you know. But it was, it was like the invisible transaction of the rose going from yeah, the yeah. person to her to God. Mm. And did she always say like you know praise be to God? Probably not. You know, and so, like, as an internal thing, I don't know that you need to say it, but as an external thing, if you're trying to direct the other person's attention to the Lord, I think it might be helpful to, to make some sort of ex- external expression of, you know, this this truly is, like, only through God that this can happen.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time you, you talk with somebody in a situation like that, you this is their one—generally, their, their one time to interact with you on that. So, uh, you'd— yeah. I don't think, I, I think you got to be, you got to be aware of that and just, that person's probably going to walk away and they're going to remember what you said. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't think there's a, I, we always want rules.
1: <laughs> I know. What's <laughs> the, the rule, Pastor? Yeah, yeah. Tell me. <laughs> okay. So we have social media, right? I, I like, uh, I feel like I bash my head against the wall and, you know, people will try and tell you how to do it and live it. And it's it good or bad. Again, I need a rule, (laughs) please. But I'm just like, I find myself, do you guys do this where you're like, oh, they have 147 followers or 147,000 followers and they only have 1,000. And like, there's literally a numbering system for how liked a person is. Now, is this I don't know. Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? And like, how how can we navigate this extremely? It feels prideful ish. Could uh, it could be easy to be prideful or envious? Again, like for me, that's a big tough place. Is social media if I'm feeling empty? So like, is it is the numbering system? I don't know. Is it inherently evil or is it good? And and how can we navigate it?
3: Everybody's keeping score always. That's just reality. That's human nature. And. Um, I think in some ways, I—I I mean, you know, we—we we were talking uh, when you when you do a podcast. I mean, how many listens do you yeah, have? Yeah, I mean, totally. That's just, it's and and part of that is just asking genuinely. Part of it's your approach to the numbers. Um, you know, our I've been in a church that over the last few years has just grown immensely. we've we've seen a lot of growth, especially over the last couple of years, and it's it's crazy.
1: So then all of us in this room are like, oh, wow, you must be a really great person. Like, don't you start <laughs> thinking that who is your pastor? You, you know, don't. Are all of us like well, starting to file things? If you have somebody's to work in business it, or they're yeah, in sales, right. they
0: look at, you know, okay, what was growth. our growth? You right, know, right. Well, And so those are kind of like just measurements that humanly we use to gauge, I guess, success or failure, you I know? know. And, and so
3: the real question becomes, what do those numbers mean to you? Right. Because, huh. uh, you know, we'll be in the midst of that. And there are people who are, I think, really uh, well motivated who say it's not about the numbers. It's not about the numbers. Yeah. And and I I actually stand up to my leader. I've stood up in front of my leadership team and I've said, guys, yeah. you know what? Actually, it is about the numbers. Huh? Because every one of those numbers is a person, mm. Mm. a person who's come to encounter Jesus Christ, someone mm. who has been touched by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And actually, I've been out there and sitting down and talking to these numbers, quote yeah. unquote. And yeah, I've yeah, heard yeah. their stories, right. and so. I mean, if 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 um, if our growth as a church was something that I I was like trumpeting to try to say, oh look, I'm I'm the best preacher
1: in the world. Yeah, it's motivation. <laughs> you know what I mean?
3: Uh, that's terrible. But if it's if the question is what what do those numbers mean to you? Mm. Are they mm. are they people who you you care for and
1: and that's kind of helped me with my like social media angst because I'm like I mean whatever I'll get rid of all my social media and people can just find our blog if they want to whatever like that's I can again kind of pendulum that way, and I'm like I mean if the Holy Spirit's real, right? They'll just stumble across it or something. But then I had a friend call me out on that. And she was like, hey, but do you you believe in your message? And I'm like, yeah, I totally do. And she's like, well, then don't you want more people to find it? And I'm like, yes. And it's, I have made incredible relationships through social media, like really life profound relationships. Are all of them? No, but some of them have been found because I probably Hashtag something stupid. I don't know. <laughs> so that it's it does, I guess, go back to motivation.
3: It really does. I mean, that was one of the, the reasons that I took uh, a, quite a while before I I started a blog and, and yeah. a website with my my name. You know what I mean? Right. Adamtbar I'm not trying to promote my website.
1: Adamtbar.
3: AdamTbar.com. dot com. Double R. Yeah. Double R. <laughs> not no, double no, S. no. I really will link you. <laughs> it's no, no, no. It's totally fine. I'm <laughs> seriously not trying to promote my website. I'm saying yeah. it took me it took me until. Like October 2017 to decide to go ahead and do right, that, and I, I mean, right? I, one of my mentors said to me, "Adam, you you really you're uniquely awful at at promotion type stuff." I and know. it was that it's that very issue of like, do I want to? Am I trying to brand myself? And you know, I know
1: th- branding yourself.
3: Yeah, but but I do think the reality is that we live in a, we live in a culture, we live in a world where you know that's where people are going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who need Jesus, right? Um, I just read a study that. Uh, 65% of people in your local community are on Facebook on a daily basis. Wow. Now, I mean, and Facebook's sort of in the, in some ways in the rearview mirror, but 65% of people on a daily basis in your community are on Facebook. Mm. If there was any other place where 65% of the, your community was gathering on a daily basis, don't you think the gospel belongs there? hmm
1: Ah, more <laughs> conviction for Lori. Why do we do this podcast? <laughs> Seriously, it's just a rake us over the coals with like good coal raking. I don't know. Where's the origin of that one? That's uh, real or fake. And uh, anyway, okay. So what's the antidote to this whole pride envy in, in navigating this? Like, uh, you know, I talked a little bit about like breathing it out. Like I literally do that. If you see me speaking and I'm like breathing heavily, it's. I'm either having a panic attack where I'm trying to not be prideful or feel terrible about myself. Um, but like, what can we do to like, I don't know, get through this and navigate it, whether it's social media or we're on a platform or we're a mom influencing our kids. Like, how, how can we do this maybe a little better?
3: Well, for me, something I've, I've said over the years is that prayer and pride are inversely proportional.
1: Yeah, I read mm-hmm. that in your blog. It's so good. Explain.
3: Well, I mean, it's, it really is. It's math. I mean, um, in a verse in proportion, of course, if, if one side is high, the other side is low. If one side is low, the other side is high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so pride and, is
1: high our prayer is probably low. Yeah. But if prayer mm. is high, yeah.
3: You're driving pride down. I mean, prayer is just, it's, I'm convinced that that it's, I say this because it's been the perennial struggle of my life, the perennial conviction of my life, that, hmm. um, that I always want to be growing in my prayer life. Um, because really, it is in prayer that we are, completely surrendered to the reality of God's sovereignty. Yeah. To our own dependence upon him. I mean when Jesus Jesus said, you know, lift up your eyes, look at the fields, behold the fields are white unto harvest. Um the the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. Mm-hmm. And then he says, Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Isn't that amazing when you think right. about that? Hmm. He doesn't say, okay, the, the harvest is, is plentiful, the laborers are few. Now get up and go out there. Yeah. He says pray. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? When you yeah. think about that, that prayer is really honestly it's the it's the catalyst, it's what unleashes anything good that God wants to do in his kingdom if you know it, just throughout the gospels, throughout the book of Acts, you always see prayer at the origin of those things.
1: Wow.
2: Um, yeah. It it reminds me of the um Brother Lawrence, you know, who in his life really wanted to make the connection that he had with God in his prayer life, something that was active, like whether he was, and he was a monk. So, I mean, it was like, he was cobbling shoes or washing dishes. Like he wanted to be praying hmm. it with the same fervor that he was in his like dedicated prayer time, Yes, you know? And I mean, obviously the Bible is the most like widely circulated book in history, but like I, as far as non-biblical Christian literature that's probably one of the most far reaching and like influential books that And that book is practicing um the, the the presence practicing the presence of God yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, the, the, and, the, and that's, that, that also brings us to what I think is, is it's hilarious. I was talking with somebody earlier today about this, somebody from my congregation, just about what is the point of prayer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes prayer, we treat it like a way to manipulate God, or mm-hmm. uh, it's a way to get what we want. And I, I b- absolutely believe we should pray for things. I mean, mm-hmm. Scripture is filled with conditional prayers. You know, mm-hmm. if you pray this, then I'll answer you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the ultimate reason we pray is is to encounter and be further united to the life of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that really is what Christianity is about. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, we live in a culture that's reduced the gospel message to a means to avoid hell and go to heaven. And obviously those are, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, But uh, it's not just about what happens when we die. It's about how we live while we're here. Mm. And and the union that we have with Jesus Christ of being reunited to him in relationship and reunited to the Father is, is meant to be at least in this life, it's meant to come to its culmination point in the life of prayer. Mm. And that life is meant to flow with us as we go out into every day.
1: Mm. I love it. I am going to add one little practical thing too that I do when I'm scrolling through social media and I can't pray because I'm like, but that girl, like, you know, <laughs> or I just cannot focus. And some, something that really um, like dumps a bucket of cold water over my head is just listening to the Bible too. And just like that reorients my heart to prayer. So I like listen to the Bible Gateway app. I get no money for this, but like Isaiah 40, if you start there, like just where it's just like, who made the heavens? You're hopper it's all about I am I am am so then I'm like oh it's not about me or the and I've posted about this but the streetlights app again I got nothing for this but the streetlights it's like puts the bible to like this awesome sick rap beat and so I've just been listening to it over and over and I start memorizing it by accident and it's really Matt will come down and I'm I don't know. I'm hoping my kids even like are mm-hmm. learning it, but it really, it helps to refresh my mind and I'm not focusing on people or like what I am either better than or less than in people. And I'm like, oh man, God's amazing, which is that whole reorientation that you were talking about.
3: Yeah. Beholding the glory of God is yes. the best antidote to thinking more or less of yourself. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah.
1: Great place. And we're yeah. landing that plane right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you Adam really loved having you here I'll, I'll link to your blog and and just um, so you, if you want to read up some more I really like how your blogs are like succinct and I like to write little novels but that's <laughs> fine um, and then but yeah so for the rest of you we also have started our Journey Well workshops if you guys are interested in those we're teaching you how to walk along teaching you we are uh, offering some pieces that we have learned as we've walked alongside LGBT people and people who are wrestling with issues related to sexual brokenness. And so we have these webinars for mentors, for parents, for friends, and for yourself, or if you're in a marriage like Matt and mine. Um, and so we're going to have guests every week. So if you are interested in those, check us out at hmhministries.com. Just click on Journey Well. You can find it right there. Um, but Adam, thank you so much. So have appreciated you. Thank you.
3: It's been awesome. Yeah. Praying for you guys in your ministry. I just love... Uh, seeing what you've done and what you're doing. I mean, um, God called me to write uh, Compassion Without Compromise, but... I, I've always been left with the sense of, okay, but somebody somebody else is going to have to fill this in. Somebody yeah. who has firsthand experience, some people who understand it better than I do. Um, and so to see what your ministry is doing is just, it's a huge blessing. Praise it's what the God. church needs.
1: Praise mm-hmm. God. See, I did yeah. it. But I, that was there natural. <laughs> it was about me. Uh, also,
3: thank you. Yeah, yeah and thank you. Pass the roads.
2: Yeah, Amen. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: true. All right. And our question to the week, I almost forgot, but when was the last time you high-fived someone in like a teamwork moment? Kind of like we just did. I feel like we could end this podcast like slow motion in the air like high five yeah we're all doing it see, teamwork why makes we the need dream to work. add the vlog we need to do the video <laughs> yes. at some point this, log, we're log, very log. animated here um and we're going to be talking with uh christianity today article writer uh rachel gilson she's becoming a friend of mine and so i'm really excited to talk with her um but thanks so much for listening and for all of us here at the hole in my heart podcast we will see you next week
0: Again, we want to thank our guest today, Adam Barr. His book is Compassion Without Compromise. Hey, I just want to remind you that this summer we're taking a few weeks off from our weekly feed of the podcast. It gives you a great opportunity to get caught up on those past episodes. You can find the archives when you subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. That way you'll be all caught up when we return weekly in August. Also, a few ways you can help us reach more listeners. If you leave positive ratings and reviews in Apple Podcasts, Also, just tell somebody about the Hole in My Heart podcast and where they can find it. As always, we love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at himhministries.com. We will see you next week.